You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. David, are you ready now? I'm ready. I'm ready. I was born ready. Is this recording? It is recording. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got you. You're what done. I can see the little light. Up? Hello, everybody. This is Stu, and that's David. This is David. And we have an incredibly special guests guests today. Um, kind of one of my favorite people, and kind of a sort of medium type kind of favorite person. Uh, Joel, one of my favorite people, Nicole. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Uh, hey, this is Filling the Storehouse podcast. Um, I have my sister on today, which I'm pretty pumped about because I get to make fun of her. She's my younger sister, and I beat her up all the time when I was growing up. And not at all. Um, Dude, you know, time, you know, it's not cool. Like, um, when you're like in your 30s and 40s to like beat up your sister, right? Like, that's not cool anymore. <laughs> I don't beat her up anymore. Yeah, she would uh, whoop you. That's why she's been whooping you since you guys were like. I would say you. The last she, time you beat her up, you were probably four years old. I'm not gonna lie. She was pretty tough, man. Like, Thanks, yeah, dude. man. <laughs> she would like fight back like no other. Like she. She gave me That's she gave me a run for my money. Yeah. And then so Joel, her her lovely husband, is with, with us today as well. Hello, Joel. How are you? I'm well. Good to be here. Uh, they're actually in the living room next door to me right now. So um <laughs> we could like wave to each other over there and say hello. Um, but uh this isn't uh, our normal introduction. But Joel Nicole, pumped to talk to you guys today because you have an amazing story. Um, that we want to share with our listeners. And um, first, uh, if you could just kind of give a, just a brief bio background of who you are, and, and then we'll get into this fun conversation that has already gone awry. I can already tell it's going to go even more awry. Joel, me, over to you, yeah. Nicole. Um, so as Stu said, I'm Nicole, his sister, and the cooler, better looking uh, one of us. Hmm. And, um, so yeah, I'm his little sister, even though I can beat him up and, um, all facts always. Um, yeah, I was born in Texas, lived in Texas, went to college in, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, that's actually where I became a Christian and, um, then worked in kind of corporate world setting for about five years in Dallas. And, um, in that time, I ended up going on my first missions trip, and uh, which was to Papua New Guinea, and that kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Um, from there, um, ended up going to a Bible school, to a missionary training center. Um, in that time is when Joel and I met. So yeah, um, <clears throat> my name's Joel, and uh, I'm not from Texas. No, uh, you're not from Texas. No, I know it's it's not a speech impediment. Um, I grew up in Australia, and uh, when I was three, actually, I was run over by a tractor. So I'm a I'm a partial paraplegic, um, um, but I use crutches mostly because they're really cool. Um, yeah, cool, you can like whack people with them all. Yeah, the time. that's right. And um, you just 
scratches his back a lot. Yeah, it? that's right. They, so they help a lot in that area. Um, yep. So I've been on crutches since I was about four. Um, I moved to Canada when I was 18 because that's where my parents are from. Um, and then when I was, I, I became a pastor there for a while. And then when I was uh, 34, I moved down to Texas um, to study theology further. And then I met Nicole while we were at, uh, at our church. So, yeah. And then we kind of started along this journey of, of, uh, of going overseas, becoming missionaries. Um, and so at the moment, we live in Southeast Asia. So, yeah. No, at the moment, you live in my living room right now. That's true. That, that is true. Or, or in my basement right now. <laughs> I know we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, in the future about, uh, you know, some of the pivots. But, uh, but uh, yeah, we've enjoyed having you here and gave us a good opportunity to kind of talk about what you guys are doing. Um, Stu, hey, do you do can you do an accent well? Like throw another shrimp on the bobby. Hey, like, throw another go. shrimp on the bobby. No, I think Joel should change his accent to be a Texas accent so he could kind of fit in. Hey, how do y'all uh what do y'all say we get in our pickup truck and go shoot some guns? That's good, <laughs> man. That's really good. <laughs> not stereotypical, not even in the oh, least, but no. just I mean, that's how I picture Texas. <laughs> That's what? That's how I picture Texas. Mm -hmm. So it always surprises me that you're from Texas because I'm like, Stu, you got to get a little more up, up, double chuck, you know, a little tougher. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, focus. Anyhow. Focus. You're, you're up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Focus. <laughs> like, talking to myself oftentimes. Hey, no, thank you guys so much. Uh, Nicole, obviously, I had met you years and years ago. Um, and uh, uh, when Stu and I were at the Naval Academy, and I, I don't think you had, you were on your way to Oklahoma, and you're a cheerleader. I remember that. You're a stud. So that's why I think you uh, have been beating up Stu for quite a while. Because while Stu was on the cheerleading team, you know, you were one that could pick somebody up. And Stu was more, he was like the flyer. Is that what, is that what you're called, Stu? The flyer? <laughs> Anyhow, Stu, don't answer that I, question. I don't have it's a comment for that. Yeah, of course you don't. Um, but but it's been great to just see your journey. And and I remember a number of conversations with Stu. Um, you know, it's uh, kind of watching you from a distance. Stu called me and we talked about, you know, when you're starting a relationship with Joel and uh, the missions and as you guys were going forward and just uh, just working through all that kind of stuff. And, and it was so awesome to see your growth and, and um, you know, just the the – purpose-driven life and the the mission focus and obviously for for Stu and I you know our faith that's the that's the primary foundation of, of the business so it just really resonates everything you guys are doing which is absolutely awesome and and so uh and, and Joel I've gotten to know you through uh just through stories and and just heard what an amazing dude you are so it's such a pleasure to to finally meet you and 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 uh you know just to have you guys on the show this is really incredible, especially because it touches, like we said, that, that primary focus of our business and, um, and, and our lives is, is that faith aspect. So thank you guys for, for being with us today. For sure. Thank you. And, um, you know, I, I would love to know just what's your current focus as you guys are moving forward and moving around and, uh, spending time overseas and, and you have kids, two kids, what are, what are you guys, uh, what's your current focus? Well, big picture, what we're, what we're trying to do, um, what, what we're moving forward and trying to do <clears throat> is being able to see people who um, not only 
um, haven't heard about the message of Jesus, not only haven't heard about the resurrection of Jesus, but can't hear it. We want to be able to help those people hear it. And so, and then beyond that, we actually, our goal isn't just to be the ones who tell them where our goal is to be able to equip people in those areas um, to be able to tell those people about the message of Jesus. So I would say as we're moving forward, that's, that's what we see kind of as our, I guess, life push, whether we would be doing that from the States. We, we had hoped to be doing it in Southeast Asia mainland, but at the moment, just with the way things are, that, that would be our big picture, I think. So, uh, what got you kind of started on that journey? Um, you know, what, you know, for a long time, Joel, you said that you were just kind of doing pastor stuff in, yeah. in Canada and, um, and then Nicole was on a completely different path kind of in corporate America. Um, you know, I know Nicole, you kind of touched on it just a little bit uh, about doing your Papua New Guinea trip, uh, your mission trip, but, um, elaborate if you could just on like, when when that journey started and and kind of why mm -hmm. you want to go first yeah um yeah for me like i said um i was just in a corporate world job and um ended up having this opportunity to do a missions trip um a month and a half long missions trip to papua new guinea and it was really there that um they kind of explained to us how in these um different people groups um really remote tribal groups they would just start from creation and go, you know, lesson by lesson foundationally to really set up the story of scripture and um, to then, you, you don't just go into a tribe and just all of a sudden start with Jesus telling him, you know, about um, those things. And so it was really there that I realized how much of um, scripture and of the Bible I didn't, I didn't understand. And I wasn't, I wasn't aware of since I became a Christian in later on in life. And um, so it really, yeah, it just really stirred a, a hunger for understanding the word of God in me. And then the other thing is that there was like a base on um, over there in Papua New Guinea. And I saw my exact same job that I was doing in Dallas, Texas over there that somebody hadn't been doing in for like 10 years. They hadn't had um, a teacher in that area. And so um, they were just starting to ask me like, hey what are you doing in a couple of weeks when school starts? Like we could really use a teacher. Um, and so that started just my wrestle of like, man, there's hundreds of people that can do my job in Dallas, Texas. Like some people aren't really willing to go overseas and do this type of thing and live in more of a hard, um, tough environment and, um, and be doing it for a good cause. And so that's kind of what started this whole journey for me. Um, so came back, went to Bible school and then, um, yeah, kept going from there. And then it was after Bible school that came back to Texas and that's when we met. And then that's met some crazy Australian mate. Yeah. I know. With a killer beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, for me, so I grew up in a Christian family and I, I kind of grew up hearing about the Bible. I mean, I was a Christian. I, uh, went to Bible college. I ended up being a pastor but as I was like, I was a big part of what I was doing as a pastor was preaching every week. And um, seriously, and this is, <clears throat> this is kind of embarrassing to say, but like after eight years, you know, all of a sudden, really the depth of the message of the Bible really started to hit me, even after I've been preaching it for that long. And um, Nicole had said, you know, that you, when you go into a tribe, <clears throat> you don't just preach Jesus, you don't just start there. 
but she, she talked about this foundational idea. <clears throat> and for me, after those eight years, I started understanding sort of not, not just Jesus, but the, the pieces that lead up to him and then the pieces after it, the context of the rest of scripture. So I started to realize the significance, for example, of the resurrection of Jesus. Like as I look around the world and I realize, man, like uh, people are dying, like, um, and then just realizing the, the symptoms of death are broader than just physical death, but things like natural disasters, the Bible's very clear that that's as a result of sin or disease or even political unrest, um, huge issues that face America at the moment, huge issues that face the world at the moment. I realized really they find their, um, they find their value or they find their, um, uh, the cure, I guess, in this amazing moment when God showed that he's more powerful than the greatest evil that's ever been seen in the world. And the greatest evil is, is death expressed in physical death. And so in the resurrection of Jesus, <clears throat> we have the, the hope that the world needs. We see that God has the power to overcome these significant issues. And I started realizing the gravity of that. And just started being like, wow, people need to hear this. And so uh, initially I was just pumped about people in my church hearing about this and hopefully people in our community coming in contact with the hope that is in Jesus, in his resurrection, in his return, the fact that he overcomes those things. And then I started, when I went back to Texas, when I went to Texas to study, um, I just started realizing, man, the world's a lot bigger than just this little community that I was living in in Canada and that even most people in Canada would probably have the opportunity to hear that message most of the time um, if they came to a church. But there's these whole areas in the world where there is no one to tell them. And so I started thinking, man, that would be cool. And then I met Nicole. She was already going along that track as well. And so we started, this is a very long story short, um, we started talking about um, how we could maybe do that together. Um, there was a long period in there first where really she didn't want to talk to me at all, but we're not going to talk about that part. And, um, and then, um, he says we were, when we started dating and I said, well, we weren't really dating. Yeah. Like I wasn't saying that, you know, we were dating, like we were just kind of hanging out. Well, the biggest you know? problem was really my beard. Remember I told you about that killer beard. It was a killer beard. It wasn't so killer. Well, it had some food in it, but it's yeah, all... it had some, it had some girth to it. I remember it, 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 was, it, his fridge. it was, it was kind of like you'd, find stuff in there and you'd be like, cool, I forgot I ate this, it but it's still good. You know, gross. it's kind of like a fridge. It was gross. Sounds amazing. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no one ever asked me if I was a boy or a girl though. They always knew I was a man. Of course, a man, a man's man. Yes. Hey, you know, there's so much, uh, so much there to unpack and, and I'm going to go a little bit off script because I, I, uh, you know, as you're talking through all this stuff and, and, um, you know, you're talking about the, I mean, there's a lot of, of, of depth there, right? There's a lot of, I mean, it's a pretty deep topic, but, I, but at the same time, there's a ton of joy in that. Um, you know, once you know the truth and once you kind of are, are living in, in, in the truth that, that sets you free, that, you know, there's a ton of joy in that process too. And, and I'm kind of curious, you know, you, you talk about, I mean, there's a ton of pastors well, and, and to be quite frank, when you went from Canada to Texas, Texas thinks they're their own country anyway. So it's almost like your first missions trip, right? <laughs> um, so just to Texas, just Texas, like its own little country, but you ask a Texan and, and, and they'll let you know. But um, that aside, you know, it, it, there's a, an aspect of, of action that takes you to that next step, right? There's an, a, an aspect that, 
that Nicole took you to Papua New Guinea that took you guys on missions. And I'm just kind of curious, like what, what prompted you guys to that action though? Like I'm sure there's a lot of people and I know there's a lot of pastors just like in, we know in real estate, a lot of people love the idea of real estate. A lot of people love the idea that they, they talk about it. Um, but, but it's more rare the people that actually take action and, and do stuff. What, what pushed you guys over the, the edge on that? I, I just really curious on that. That's good. Yeah. You go well, first. I mean, yeah, I guess I would say going back to my story of just coming back and um, from that trip from Papua New Guinea. And like I said, I really saw how they did things there and they even kind of went through it in like a class type setting with us. And then for me to come back from that and be like, wow, I really thought that I, you know, had been reading my Bible and I knew some of this stuff, but man, that was just like, it was literally like a jigsaw puzzle. And I knew, you know, like the Cain and Abel story. And I knew like the, you know, Jesus story. And I knew that this, but like the puzzle pieces were just pieces at the point at that point. And so like on that trip, I feel like the whole thing started kind of getting put together for me for the first time, really. And so that then started this desire to know the word of God. And so, um, and then of course, you know, like I said, they were saying, Hey, can you come over here and be a teacher for us? And so that was the first time that that kind of opportunity uh, was kind of placed there in my lap for me to make a decision on. And so I think an action step really was just um, me realizing, Hey, I don't have to like stop everything just right now. And, move overseas in two weeks, you know, to go be a teacher, but I can take this one step of like, I mean, it is kind of a big step of like quitting my job and like changing, you know, the path of my life and, and going to Bible school. But I was like, Hey, it's a, it's a schooling. It's a educating myself a little bit more. And, and, you know, being able to, I mean, I picked the Bible school that was very much a missions oriented Bible school. So I could be rubbing shoulders with missionaries as they came through and talked about wherever they are in the world and what they're doing. And so I think that was my first action step was just realizing, hey, I want to know more about this. So I'm going to stop what I'm doing here and I'm going to step out in faith here and going to schooling just to, to learn more Um about our creator. And I think that's one of the most important things that I could do right then. There's so much intentionality in that, right? You picked a school that would put you in contact with people that were doing the things you want to do. That's awesome. But just, and, and, and sorry, just to, you know, if you could quick, quickly, even before that, like, why, why'd you go to Papua New Guinea? You know, and, I, and I, the reason I asked this question is I think there are potentially listeners and we actually have a good buddy who, I mean, he's a man of action, uh, uh, runs, you know, reading websites is just a, an amazing dude just got out of the Navy and, and his first um, trip when he left the Navy, they're going down to, I think they revised it. Now they're going down to uh, Mexico instead to, to spend a year down there to, you know, uh, basically do a, a big long mission trip with their kids. But all, all that aside, there are people out there that may want to do what you're doing that are listening, that they may want to do this thing. And, and I think there's this huge daunting thing and, and you decided, you didn't really touch on it, but like what you just, in my mind, you're like doing some corporate thing and you're like, I'm gonna go to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> like that's like a, that's, that's not insignificant. So like what that piece, like what, um, you know, before you go, Joel, I just am curious like that. That's a mindset. There's something there. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, to be honest, I mean, um, that was maybe about 
maybe eight years or so after I had um, become a Christian in college. Um, but my life really hadn't looked very different than when before I'd become a Christian. I, I became a Christian. I'd wrestled with it for about a year and a half. There was a specific moment that I gave my life to Christ, but I definitely had this, like, I didn't have like a 360 change of my whole entire life, right? Like I still struggled, um, was definitely, um, yeah, struggling with sin, obviously, and, and, um, and still wanting to live the old life, but yet wrestling with, okay, but what could this look like? And, um, and so anyways, I would say that in the, the three years kind of leading up to that decision to go on that missions trip, um, yeah, I had been involved in a small group of girls and there was one girl that really intentionally, um, I would say like discipled me. Like we met every Saturday morning and we would talk about the gospel. We would talk about scripture. We would talk about more theologically deep um, and really important things of life. And it started to change me the spirit changed me for sure. And so, um, we actually had, so the whole, the whole Papua New, Papua New Guinea thing just coming out of the blue was because we actually had in our small group, this guy come through and he was raising support to be a missionary to go back to Papua New Guinea. He was raised there, um, as a child. And so he was going back to, um, just be actually a construction worker to go help there on that base. And, um, so anyways, it was through him talking about his childhood and, um, his faith and his struggles and all of that, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I want to support that guy and what he's doing. So it was through actually me supporting him that I got one of his emails and I clicked on the logo of his email. And that's what took me to learning about this, this trip that I could go on that was, you know, in the middle of the jungle. And I, I'm kind of an adventurous spirit type person. So really without even knowing what it was about. I was like, I just want to go track around in the jungle. That sounds fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was just, it was just the mindset of, of um, understanding what, what God had done for me and, and, um, and that just really starting to change my life and, um, and the things I found important in life. So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question at all, but yeah, it does. No, it's great. And it also reconfirms for me how much cooler you are than Stuart. Um, yes. yes. Not, not, nothing against you, Stuart. It just, it's just something that was reconfirmed for me. So. This is, this is, I, I'm in a disadvantage here. This is not good. I think we should just stop this podcast right now. It's your sister, man. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Nicole. Joel, uh, over to you. Yeah. Remind me of the question again, Bryce. Sorry. I've kind of lost. That was, that was fun hearing that. Yeah. Nicole just kept on rambling on just like blah, 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 blah. You know, what is the question, David? This is, this is the Nicole show. This is the Nicole <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, it is, man. I'm, yeah. Normally um, it's the Joel show, but. Uh, I'm cool to be on the Nicole show. Uh, no, uh, Joel, it was just, it was uh, the, the aspect of what, uh, you know, taking that just crazy action, the right. mindset of action, and kind of what, you know, it, it's easy to, it, it's easy to talk about these things, but I think it's really hard to pull the trigger and, and drag your family to Southeast Asia. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Um, yeah, man, like, like 
when you think about that, there's always going to be more than one thing going on. There's got to be a couple things that line up at the right time, right? And so I can think of just two just off the top of my head. So there was already that, you know, we could call it a philosophy or the thinking behind it or the theology that I talked about before. And personally, like I've been afraid of death my whole life um, and it was always something I'd stuff down. Um, but then when you end up as a pastor and you do, we, I ended up doing 10 funerals one year in this little church, right? So then all of a sudden you have to pull that thing out and you have to look at that fear dead on in the face. And, and when you realize that the resurrection of Jesus is something that gives you hope in the midst of death, right? Like that, there's that thinking side of it that happened for me. But then also there's just the practical life opportunities along the way. So leaving, leaving that ministry, moving to Dallas, and realizing, okay, when I'm graduating, when I graduate from Dallas, now I'm starting something again. So this was a practical jumping off point as well that that presented itself. Um, there was another thing. I met this amazing girl who, um, like you said, she's, yeah, that was her. Yeah, that would have been really awkward if it was a different girl. Yes, it would have been. No, yeah, you're like, and then I met Nicole later, but I mean, this <laughs> yeah, yeah, she but was man, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> No, I met, and like you've seen from her, like she's got this adventurous spirit as well. And she's totally gung ho on doing the same thing. So all these things were lining up like it, it fit, it fit the ethos of our new family um, that we were making. Like she was stoked about it. And um, so, yeah, just every little bit, like um, I think there's perhaps, um, I think there's perhaps this, uh, maybe in business too. I haven't thought about it from the business perspective, but in the Christian world, there can be this idea that we put missionaries at the top and then everyone else kind of falls in behind. I don't buy that at all. I think God gives everyone gifts, different gifts. And, and as it worked out, the gift that he was giving us was, yeah, man, like I'm pumped about this. It works with my, with my stage of life. It works right now. You know, I was 36 and I didn't have a job and I just had all this theological training and I met a, a girl who was pumped about doing missions. And we were like, Hey, let's, let's, let's shoot at the most difficult thing we can. That's what we talked about. I remember is when we were dating, Hey, let's shoot at the most difficult thing we can. And if it doesn't work, then we tried, you know, we know that if we try something easy that we can do that. Like if it was just going to be living in suburban Dallas, I've got nothing against that. I've got lots of good buddies that that's what God's called them to do. But for us, we are like, well, let's shoot the most difficult thing. And that was for us living in the jungle in Papua New Guinea. And um, as it turned out, that was too difficult. I'm a paraplegic. It doesn't work good to, <laughs> to live in the jungle in, in, uh, in Papua New Guinea. So we, we changed. We were like, well, Let's try somewhere. Let's try suburb. Let's try an urban area in Southeast Asia. If that wouldn't have worked, I would have been happy to go somewhere else. And we'll maybe get to that because um, that's kind of where we are at the moment. So that yeah, answers your question. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for that. One point of clarification: uh, when you mentioned you guys had this conversation when you were dating, was this when you were still dating in your mind, or were you guys actually dating at this point? <laughs> that's a solid good, question, good bro. Point, really point. solid question. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm not American, but. Uh, I'm going to plead the fifth if that's all right. Yeah, it's fine. You got rights. You're trying to become an American though. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, and you're, you're in the process of it. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys took this jump and, and now, you know, married two children and you decide to go and live in Southeast Asia in this foreign country. You don't know the language. You don't know anybody. You don't have any type of support system. Um, 
to a lot of people, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> right. And so uh, if you could just kind of talk through that with us, um, you know, s- stepping into this unknown and, and what's driving that, like, um, you know, I, I can probably just answer it for you. And I know there's, there's a faith behind that, but, but talk through that. Like, I mean, there's a lot of courage there and there's a lot of, uh, fear, you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy for a lot of people. So, so let's, let's, let's talk through that a little bit. I don't know how to start that one. <laughs> well, I would say, when you put it like that, I do sound very courageous. We do sound very courageous. I don't think that's, yeah. Should that's, we stand like this? Yeah, that's right. I, that's not. Are you dabbing would, right now? Yeah. That's, I don't know. If it... <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say that, generally speaking, I'm a super crazy, courageous person. Um, I think I'd more describe it as a thousand little yeses along the way. Like yeah. it's not one, I didn't get to the, I didn't get to the one place where we jumped off the cliff. It never felt to me like we were jumping off a cliff. Um, it was like, well, man, I was super afraid to go overseas. So I decided, well, let's get two years of training. So we went to the best training that we knew how to get. Then we met people. Um, we, we met a crazy, awesome network of people. Those cra- that crazy, awesome network of people also gave us training on how to learn a language you've never heard before. Um, or no one's ever learned. Now, we didn't end up learning a language that no one's ever learned before. So it was actually quite a bit easier. Like, you know, we were taught how to walk into a place where no one knows the language except those people. So to go to a place where actually a lot of Westerners already know the language made it that much easier. Um, and then we I mean, met- the, the language you guys are learning is pretty difficult. Yeah, it's, Not, a, I mean, it's a tonal language, right? Yeah. But many people in our organization are walking into a jungle where like no one's ever spoken this language before. Right. So I'm not saying it's not like difficult. they have to come up with like the alphabet right. for this language. Right. And it's, we didn't have to do that. Right. I'm not saying what we're doing is easy, but we were given training on doing it. So, and then you connect with the people. Uh, by the time we landed in country, actually we had a pretty developed network of people um, we had people who'd gone before us who told about, well, if you have a health emergency, this is where you go. We had like a ready-made um, uh, group of folks who were willing to help us learn the language. We had a church that we stepped right into who like immediately started helping us out. So it's just really, you just take little steps along the way. Um, I don't think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was easy. It, the difficulty wasn't like we ever got to the edge of that that cliff and had to jump off it was like okay well let's take another step that little step can be hard too you know it's like when you it's a little bit like when you decide you want to get back in shape really you don't one day just kind of get back in shape you have to just one day you have to push like seconds away you know one day you have to decide you no you're dessert. Gonna, yeah you're going to do push-ups today and when you have it for a while you, you know like it's, it's that same sort of thing it's just that little step and i don't know probably real um, in business in real estate it's that day when you're like you know what, probably rather than going on a vacation this time, we're going to put that money into, you know, buying a house or we're not going to get that extra thing. You know, it's just the little steps that you take. And so it's the direction that you decide that you want your life to be, who you want to be when you're 75, um, how you want that to go down, what you want your life to be about. And for me, I wanted my life to be about people hearing um, the message. And and, um, I still want that to be about that. Um, so yeah and I, I guess just to tag on that I would say that 
I mean, not to sound overly spiritual and everything, but I feel like this guy was the best in a bunch of those little steps that we had to take and like constantly before we take those little steps, like let's go to the Lord in prayer. Like let's fast about this. Let's take a few days, take a few weeks, like to really ponder what this would look like or just to lay out our options before the Lord and not just say, Hey, we know that we want to do this one, but Hey Lord, like there's all these options. Like, could you give us wisdom? And we want to put this before you, please shut doors and open doors here. And, and so I feel like he was a really good leader for our family and constantly is doing this where he's just saying, Hey, and, and before we just take a step, like, let's just ask, let's ask the father, like he knows our needs He's a good, good God, and he wants the best for us. And so let's ask. He tells us to ask him, and he will supply our needs. And so I think that's just been something that we've, um, yeah, that's been a part of our journey as well. So That's, that's incredible. I think there's, and there's, there's, there's so many little pieces that you touched on there as well, like um, that are very applicable to, business and entrepreneurship as well, or whatever it is your focus is, right? If it's ministry, business. Um, and, and I think one of the things that you said, Joel, when wh- who you want to be when you're 75, and that really resonated because I think people and with the working out thing, right? I think everybody would start working out tomorrow if there was some way um, that, that if they started tomorrow and the day after they'd be fit, they'd start working out tomorrow. Right. Right. But I mean, and you see that through crash diets, you see that through everything, like all this very quick fix society that we're in. Like if your, your, your thing, your, your, your phone vibrates, like people just automatically have to, it's an instant gratification society that we live in. And uh, something that our mastermind yesterday, we, um, David Osborne came and spoke phenomenal author, gave us some, some really interesting points. And, and one of them was, Hey, like, what are you looking at 10 years from now? Like that's where my plan is. That's what he's talking about. That's where my plan is. And and this guy obviously uh, uh, extremely successful in the things that he does. But when you said that, when you look forward, it's not that immediate gratification. It's where do you want to be and how do you take the steps to get there and you backwards plan from that. So I think that's a huge point. That's awesome. And it doesn't have to be a cliff jump. You know, it can be these little tiny incremental steps. And by the time you turn around and look back 10 years later, there's a huge cliff behind you that you have, you have, well, hopefully there's a huge mountain that you uh, <laughs> come up, right? You I'm look behind and you're like, oh. Course, bro. Let's jump off the cliff and climb that mountain. Jump off the cliff, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's incredible. Then obviously the, you know, taking it to the Lord. Um, and there's a lot of ways people can do that. For us, it is exactly that. We take it to the Lord. But, but you know, that deliberate thought process, don't anal- overanalyze to the point that you are, are not taking action but you, you analyze, you do your process and then you take action. I think those, those little takeaways for me, at least from what you guys just said are, are incredible. So thank you for offering that. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Um, Stu, you got something else on that? Uh, sorry. I, I got a little, I got a little choked up on that little section there of had to take a deep breath. Um, at, so the, the thousand yeses, mm. I mean, do that was I love that. Like that is powerful, man. Like the, the just the small steps, the like the next steps, the the action taken, and just getting over those little fears one by one. And I think it translates so incredibly. I mean, really, to anything, to anything in life, to to parenting, to entrepreneurship, to business, to going on mission trips, to 
moving your entire family to Southeast Asia. Like awesome, man. I, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's still that fear factor, right? I mean, e- even so, uh, with all that stuff, um, how, how have you guys gotten over that? You know, what, um, what did it take to like take the next step to jump off of that? Well, I would say it hasn't gone away. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fear um, is there. It's very real at times, right? Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think for me again, it's it's coming back to um, like what Joel talked about, and that we have something that defeats fear. Like we have something bigger and that doesn't have, the fear doesn't have to hold us back. It doesn't have to, to keep us in chains, right? Like we can, we can walk out and we can, we know that we have something that's stronger even than death. And that's the biggest thing that we can be fearful, right? That's the biggest fear in life is that we die. And we don't know what, a lot of times comes after we don't know what we're leaving behind like it's all of those things wrapped up and so um yeah but but that doesn't just go away um right when you become a christian and you realize that like there's still these little um these, these steps that you have to try to overcome your fears and you have to um you have to constantly be reminding yourself and for us i think that's a constant um as being in the word together, as praying together, as being in other in community. So as being in our church and constantly being encouraged and reminded of what our faith is about, who this Jesus character is, right? And what he did for us. Um, anyways, I'm getting preachy now. Yeah, you are. Look at me. me. Yeah. You're rubbing off on me. me. I just want to give money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send the offerings later yeah. right afterwards. Oh, that's great. That's great. I think the, the, like what Nicole's saying, if I could try and restate it, um, like fear and faith are the opposite, right? So like when you are faced with fear, you are always going to have to choose to have faith in something. I think faith itself isn't very powerful. I think faith is only powerful when the object of your faith is powerful, right? So I can stand on the edge of a roof and have faith in myself that I can fly, but that's a really lame object of my faith because actually I can't fly. Right. So, but if we can find something that's worthy of the a worthy object of our faith, that's what's going to push us on. And so when, when I think this is what Christianity is about, Christianity is, is faith because we have a worthy object of our faith. And so for, for me, as I think about what we're doing and the fear that has come with it, the, the object of my faith is who God is and who he's made me to be. So I believe that God is, I'm going to get a little preachy now. Um, so like in Genesis one and two, it shows very clearly we were created to be the image of God. So God was at work in Genesis chapter one. Well, if you read Genesis one, what you see is God loves to work. And then he created people. Why? Cause he was lazy and he didn't want to work anymore. No, cause he wanted to include people in the work that he was doing. And so at a very core level of who we are, we love to work and God created us to work, to do something specific, to work, to bring flourishing in the world. 
and to um, when we bring that flourishing to show who he is, what a great God he is. That's what we're created for. That's the core of who we are. And so everyone does that in a slightly different way. I believe that he's given gifts to different people in different ways to do that. Um, but like, for example, again, like I said before, sometimes people think missionary is the top shelf that I disagree with that. I think we are one part of the body. We are one part, one way of doing that. We do that specifically through trying to take the message cross-culturally. But I think there's expressions of that message all around the place. And so I think you guys are an important part of that as well. Um, starting businesses that help other people flourish would be an important part of that as well. And so when we talk about hitting fear and what we do when we, when we bump up against fear, it's where we put our faith in, in the actual narrative, which is truth which is that, hey, man, I was created for this. Um, I was made for this. Um, and, and specifically, we've never got to the point where we're like, oh, no, are we going to die because we do this? But you read stories of where people are like, man, uh, they're maybe going to give up their lives for this. And the only way that you can get to that point and still push on is if you believe that there's something greater than death that awaits us or if you believe that death itself will be defeated one day. So... Now I'm going to pass you off and play around. <laughs> That's better. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Amen, bro. Where, where, where do I give it? Come on, give it. <laughs> hey, just yes. one point of clarification as well. So when you talk about the body of Christ, like when you look at Stu, would you say like pinky toe or like what, like what would you, like what, what would you describe? Like as the, as the brother-in-law, I think it's important that I do get the opportunity to plead the fifth here. Yes. Again, yes. that's weird. You're, Twice. Twice. You're, you're not even an American citizen. You plead the fifth two, two times now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nicole, hey. you can stay. Joel, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that's that is awesome. Um, I love that. Uh, I love the, uh, you know, and, and what I what I you know for the the truth of the matter is that there are going to be some listeners that we have that are non-believers and this stuff may you know may not resonate or may not resonate but i think that the key takeaway when you get to the like for us the point is is jesus like that is the point right but you can also gain so much with the intense action the preparation the goal setting the um you know climbing that mountain or jumping off the cliff, whatever you're, whatever it is that you want to do. And, and you can take, you can take the lead and you can, and having that deeper purpose and having that deeper meaning and what you give to and what you, what you are here on this earth to do and how do you make it better for others? I think that the, the, the this podcast so full of, of, I might have to listen to this four or five times just to get, uh, you know, just to get some of those nuggets out and, and, and uh, I, I love it. I love it. You guys are, you guys are awesome. You're motivating, you're inspiring. And, and I, I know that the walk and the journey has not just been, you know, uh, unicorns and butterflies and, and pink sunglasses, all that kind of stuff. Like there's, there, I know there's times that things fell. They have all those. We have them here in the house. We have unicorns. <laughs> we have butterflies. We have pink yes, we rainbow do. sunglasses. Yeah. There you we got three, three little girls, girls running yeah. around our house right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, in light of that, I, and, and this question could, potentially open a can of worms for hours of discussion, I'm sure with you guys experience, but just if you Be don't mind, I like more preaching. Be prepared yeah, for more preaching. Right, right. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, just, just give me maybe the the times that the plans fell apart the worst, maybe. Um, and you guys had to pivot, you learned from that mistake and, and you went on with your dream. And Joel, you touched on part of it. You guys chose Papua New Guinea, you chose a jungle and, and just with physical limitations that didn't work out. So you 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 repivoted, but give me, give me another one. I'm, I'm, uh, 
we can be here for hours, I think, and I'm I'm just uh, I'm eating this stuff up. Yeah. Okay, well, just kind of a long story short, um, uh, we were in our apartment. Uh, we just moved there. We'd been in our apartment for nine, ten months. Mm -hmm. Really, everything was smooth sailing. Again, like Joel said, we um, we really did actually kind of have a support structure, um, not with our own people, but we just kind of got there and we made friends with other kind of expat people and they told us where to go shopping, how to buy a bike, how to do this and that. And, and yeah, we were just, we, we got a language learner. We were starting to learn the language. We um, thought everything was going to be super hard. And then we yeah. got there and it was like yeah. awesome yeah, for it was nine months. Running super smooth. Um, and then all of a sudden we started hearing some complaints. Um, a new lady ended up buying the place underneath us in our apartment. So we were on the 19th floor in an apartment building, right? Yeah. So like on the 18th floor, this lady, this lady started complaining about us. Yeah. So anyways, through a long series of events with that whole situation, um, all of a sudden it's Friday night at like 9 PM and we get a knock on our door and there's, two immigration officers standing outside of our door. So they come in, we sit around our kitchen table for like an hour. They and, can't really speak English very well, which is awkward. Yeah, so we're really trying to do the whole like communication, but yet we can't speak each other's language. So little thing. tense. So um, anyways, it kind of, you know, heightened our fears at that moment. Um, and anyways, through uh, us having to go into the, police office like four, 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 four more times four more times she ended up telling joel one of those times um i'm really sorry this is happening to you but you need to be out of your apartment by the end of the weekend and you also your visa isn't valid and you, you have to leave the country and that too <laughs> so <clears throat> all of a sudden he comes back on a friday night and tells me uh we've got to get an airbnb somewhere by tomorrow and we've got to move out of our place. Not all of our, we don't have to get everything packed up and everything, but like we physically have to be out. So we went through that. We had to leave the country. So um, we just flew to a nearby country, stayed for, I don't know, a week or so. Um, flew back in on a different visa. Um, again, just got like an Airbnb for a week or two so we could do some apartment shopping and find a new place to live we went through that we found a great place um, closer to our church that we go to closer to some people that are constantly helping us out um, like our language helper and such and we move in and the second night that we're there i get really really sick and so here we are in like all of our boxes and everything in our new apartment and um for like the next three days i guess i'm just in bed constantly joel's having to do everything we just thought i had a really severe case of just like the flu well finally on the third or fourth day we were kind of like i don't think this is the flu and so i finally went to the little clinic that we go to and found out i had gotten dengue fever from our trip out of the country. I'd gotten bit by mosquitoes one night when we were sitting out 
like really badly, but all of us did actually. And just so, just so the listeners know, if you have a dengue, they, there's another name for it, which is what is it? it's bone crushing yeah. fever. Like it made Nicole couldn't sleep at night. She felt, she felt like literally like there was something pushing on her back, and, just, on my back yeah. and hips. Like I just couldn't get comfortable. I'd have to get up in the middle of the night, try to go take a hot shower, just to kind of like try to ease my muscles and my bones and everything. It was it was pretty bad. It basically wiped her out for <clears throat> three months, just like hit like this this. And so in the midst of this, um, did you? Would you sorry, no, go I'm ahead. Kind of no, no, it's right. <laughs> I was going to start preaching. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So like in the midst of that, like also like what we're not telling you is the other stuff going on too, right? Because like the country that we're in. Um, sometimes Christians aren't looked upon real kindly. And so we're like kind of looking over our shoulder. We're trying not to be like angry. Every person that we meet over there before who we thought was cool. Now we're like, they hate us, you know, and we're having to struggle with like internal fears as well as, and then I randomly just like three days before Nicole got dengue, you like just passed out weirdly. We still don't really know what that was about. I got some weird thing and just passed out as I was about to get into a pool. <laughs> so like, it just feels like everything, got, everything that we have with us. We got accused at this Airbnb oh. that we took a bunch of pots and pans. So we, we ended up having to pay the lady. It was a scam. It was like a scam deal that we got. And so all of a sudden we were like paying hundreds of dollars American cash to so like, just not let things escalate. Anyways, it was a mess. It was a mess of a few months there. Yeah. And so like everything had gone totally smooth. And then all of a sudden just felt like we had nothing to stand on at all, where it was just like everything was falling apart. And that's, I think, I mean, where for me anyways, it really came down to, okay, what do we believe here? Is this the sort of thing that we would expect in, in, in this picture that we have? Like, did God promise this was always going to be easy? Oh, no, he didn't. Did God promise that it was going to be smooth sailing always? Oh, no, he didn't. We live in a sinful world, in a broken world. Okay, so I guess we just keep pushing on, um, moving ahead, knowing that this was the sort of thing that we would expect would happen. I guess we just keep pushing on, believing that God has a plan in the midst of this and we're going to find it. Um, does that mean everything's going to be easy? No, but we'll just kind of plug away. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about uh, let's talk about wh where you guys are now and that next that next pivot because I feel like something has happened just recently. Um, you know wh why you're next door in my living room and um, you know why you came back to the United States and some and COVID and stuff like that. So I, I want to talk. I want you guys to talk through um, one of these pivots and and you know, sure. what's going on now. Yeah. And what opportunities have arisen? I think that's pretty cool. So, um, big picture is we wanted, we've known since we left for, uh, Southeast Asia that we'd be coming back to the States around this time because uh, we don't have one country that we call home, like us and our girls. We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And so there's not one place that we're all citizens of. So we're trying to become citizens of one country so that if we ever did really have a serious issue that we could all call one place home. Um, we know some other people in our line of work who, for example, you know, when they get cancer, if they don't have one place to call home, then all of a sudden one situation, right? Like you've got this, this thing where like, not only does one of you have cancer, but one of you isn't really allowed to stay in the country that you're in. So we wanted to avoid that if anything ever went wrong. 
<clears throat> so we knew we were coming back. We're going to work on my citizenship here in the States. Well, that's just around the same time that COVID hits, right? So we're just about halfway through the, the process of getting the language where we are. We're halfway through kind of wrapping our heads around the culture so that we can actually get useful in the country where we are and actually communicate well with people. And we come back for what we thought was going to be six weeks, maybe two months kind of trip. And here we are now. We've been in the States for almost four months because COVID hits, right? So as in the midst of all this, I just remember we ended up stranded. Long story. I won't, I won't bore you with the details. We ended up stranded in Missouri, of all places. And uh, I just remember thinking, waking up in the morning and being like, God, what do you want us to do with this time? Like, this does not fit with our plan at all. Like, what would you have us do? And sort of, it didn't come like with a lightning bolt. It was just, again, lots of little steps. But all of a sudden, one of my boss calls me and he's like, hey, remember how we were going we were to launch this training initiative um, in Southeast Asia? And it was going to require people all flying to a central city in Southeast Asia and us meeting together to train them, right? He's like, remember how we're going to do that? Well, that's canceled. We can't do that because of COVID, right? So then two weeks later, he's like, hey, wait a second. Maybe we won't cancel it. We're just realizing Zoom. We're realizing online meetings. We're, so long story short, you know, you want to talk about a pivot and, and how God can use what you thought was like the crap hitting the fan and it's actually like this amazing opportunity. I'm not sure how to throw the crap hitting the fan and jumping off a cliff and climbing the mountain there. Pretty sure we can do that somehow. <laughs> but all of a sudden... <clears throat> Um, we've got this opportunity now where before we were hoping to be able to all fly to a central location and meet with maybe we were hoping six to 10 students to train them to a place now where we've got students in like Central Asia, Southern Asia, Southeast Asia, and we're in the middle now. We've launched this training program that's actually training 35 people <laughs> to be doing this stuff that we're doing. And so we're just seeing very clearly because we just kind of, I don't know, remained with the goal of, okay, this is what I was created to do. We would expect that there would be resistance along the way. What is the path that we're supposed to take? Where is the, the way that we weave through this? And by the way, this story isn't finished being written, right? I mean, we we're homeless. That's why Stu is so <laughs> thankfully putting us up at the moment. We don't have a place to live because we have an apartment in Southeast Asia um, that we haven't lived in for almost six months. Um, so we're still trying to work all this stuff out. But at the same time, we have these amazing opportunities that are being fed to us as well. So we just know that there's a, there's a, there's a purpose in the midst of this and actually the, the success of what we're doing actually appears to maybe be increasing from what it would have been if we wouldn't have made our, if we wouldn't have been made uncomfortable, if the crap wouldn't have hit the fan, mm. if the cliff wouldn't have been there for the mountain to climb. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, no, that's great. Uh, that's awesome. That's funny. Um, yeah, you know, and it's, it's really interesting you say that because especially when you, you're kind of running on faith, uh, you know, we look at, I've heard a number of pastors say recently, Hey, my, my church is whatever. Uh, the most recent one, I listened to Rick Warren a lot on his daily hope podcast. And he's like, yeah, you know, we average about 40 to 50,000 members any given weekend, which is a lot of people. And he said, but ever since COVID hit, you know, our online hits have been double, triple that, right. The, the message is being spread so vastly different <clears throat> people, people of action, um, are, 
are adjusting to the new norm and, and using the technology that we have available. Uh, what, what an incredible time, uh, you know, yeah. and, and there's a lot of positive, there's a lot of positive things that are happening that uh, people lose sight of when they just watch the news all day long. Um, there's really, when you look, you kind of pull, kind of pull the covers back a little bit. You can see that there's, there's a ton of amazing ways that God's using these things. So to hear you guys say that and hear practical uh, opportunities and, and not, not only opportunities for you guys, but opportunities for all those people that you're touching via zoom and, and these other, uh, you know, technology, uh, breakthroughs to, to accomplish this mission work, uh, is just incredible. So kudos to you guys for, for taking advantage of that. And obviously for continuing to walk in faith and, um, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities. Cause that's the thing, right? You could sit in the negativity and you could have sat in the, at the bottom of the cliff before climbing the mountain with the poop and the fan. Right. And that, those are, that's a terrible triumphant <laughs> of nastiness that you just don't want to be there, but sit there, yeah. no, you don't want to sit there. Nobody wants to sit there, yeah. but, but you guys just keep pressing. That's, that's incredible. So thank you for that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Um, should we go for another hour? Just preach on. <laughs> yes. No. Um, so I think, you know, th this isn't kind of like our normal topic that we've done so far. And, uh, but at the same time, there's so many little things that you can practically take out of it and, and transcribe it into, uh, you know, just like I talked about earlier, like transcribe into life, transcribe into business, entrepreneurship, parenting. Um, and so, you know, I, I would challenge our listeners to go back and, and listen to this and, and, and really think about how it can uh, impact your life and change for the better. Um, so guys, this has been awesome. I love you guys. Dave, you might have to take over because I'm going to get real choked up right now. <laughs> hey, man, I don't understand why you don't end most of our shows telling me that you love me and getting choked up. That would oh, mean so much to me. That would mean Dave. so much to me. <laughs> Now, you know, and seeing and seeing uh, a brother's love for his baby sister and, and uh, you know, Joel, uh, all you can hope, and, and I don't have a baby sister, but I, I have a, a daughter, and I, I just, my hope for her is that she lives a life dedicated to the Lord, my same hope for my sons, but that she can find an amazing man of God, and my boys find amazing women of God to, um, to just, uh, to live a life of purpose and to live a life of, of meaning and to um and if we can be any part of that as fathers brothers uh parents um you know mothers that 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 is that is uh huge and it's an honor um so i love the fact that Stu's getting uh getting all choked up it's 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 these are real topics and it's real love and um you know it's just incredible to see you guys are doing amazing things it's so applicable in all areas of life um, and, and, uh, my prayer for you guys is that you just keep, you keep crushing it and the Lord blesses you and, and that he blesses more importantly than just blessing you guys is that he blesses all those people that you touch, mm -hmm. uh, because you know, you, you are people of influence, mm -hmm. you're people of, of, uh, that serve a higher purpose and the lives that you touch, you may not even recognize how many of the, how many of those lives there are, but, but there's a ton and I've absolutely been blessed with this conversation today. So. So thank you guys. And I would love to know if there's, how, how can we practically support you? How can we take actions to support you guys um, in, in the mission that you're doing? 
there's a few there's a few ways that come to mind. Um, uh, I think uh, being aware of of this sort of thing happening, like uh, I don't think a lot of us grew up didn't even really think about the fact that there's so many who don't know, uh, who can't understand the hope of Jesus. So just even being aware and becoming aware of that, um, and maybe. Uh, doing a bit of research on what's happening in the world as far as that beyond, um, I, w- I was going to say beyond our own borders, but the truth is that we have so many people who who can't, who haven't heard and can't hear even within the States at the moment. So mm-hmm. our major cities, like I think of Denver, I think of Dallas, I think of those places, you've got a ton of people coming and they have really, a lot of them have a lot of influence in their home countries and, and they are not, they, they haven't heard I, what I would say is the actual narrative, the narrative of the resurrection of Jesus, right? So to, to be able to just school ourselves on how we can love those people and help those people um, so that the rest of the world can be helped as well. Um, I think considering um, helping other missionaries uh, financially, usually missionaries, um, organizations um, don't foot the bill for people to go. So it's individuals who, who support us, for example. And, um, we're in a pretty good place at the moment financially. So, but you could be looking into like people who um, other people who are going from your church or, um, you know, you might want to look into a church um, close to you that and ask questions about if they're sending people, that sort of thing. And then praying, praying for that, praying in that direction, um, asking the Lord to, to use you in that, because if you're a believer in Jesus, um, then he wants to use you in this capacity, whether you're going or not. Not everyone goes, not everyone can go, um, but he wants to use in that. And if you're, not a, if you're not a believer in Jesus, I would just really encourage you to, to check out the claims that there was a man who, who was dead um, and he, 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 he was in a tomb for three days. And on the third day, his unbeating heart beat again, his unbreathing lungs breathed again. And and I believe that's where the hope that we have is that that validates who God is and who he made us to be. I think check that stuff out. I think that's another way that you can, you can look into that because I, I believe, and that's what you guys are saying too. I think that's the basis of our purpose. And, and that's the key to understanding who we are, and who God is and what we were made to do. All right. I'm, I'm back now. I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> This doesn't happen every podcast. This, this does not happen in every podcast. And David, I do love you. Um, Thank you. So I'm going to tell you, you right now. I love you, brother. Um, guys, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go hug you right afterwards. Um, and uh, guys, spread the word. Um, listeners, please tell others about this one. This one has is going to have a major impact on a lot of people. So I um, hope you have an amazing week. And most importantly, um, go fill your storehouse. Make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Filling the Storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we can continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll apply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.